Guys, y'all might want to just hang out up here because uh, we uh, think we may do some things here in a moment that will involve you. Don't we appreciate our good singers and players? Man, they do a, they do a great job. Thank you, Lord. Tonight, anybody know what, what tonight is? What? A lot of folks thought it was Friday, but it's, it's, it's healing night. Praise God. Healing night. So uh, if you are sick and you like being sick, this is not the place for you. This is Your sickness is in danger. Just by you being here, just by you sitting in this, in this place. So, uh, but if you like being healed, and who doesn't like being healed, right? Then you're in a good place. Because we absolutely believe, fully persuaded, that it's God's will for everybody to be healed. If you don't believe that, hold on. Keep your seed. And let's talk about it. Not just your opinion or my opinion, but what the scripture says, what the word of God says. If you'd go with me, please, in the gospel accounts, in the wonderful New Testament, to Luke, the fifth chapter. Let's, Lord, let the, the word reveal to us what God's will is. And how things work. There are many, many reasons why the Lord has given us this book that's comprised of all these books we call the Bible. And uh, the scripture says that faith comes by hearing what the Lord said. And too much people base their beliefs on all kind of things except the Word of God. And that is uh, foolish and it's dangerous. I don't care who they are, how many initials are after their name, how much education they may have. Don't, you know, the, the world may say they're the greatest expert in their field or they're a genius or whatever. Don't base your believing on the ideas of men, Amen. including your own, Amen. right? Yes, sir. Including your pastors. Amen. Amen. I said, aren't you a minister? Yeah, but you need to check out everything I say, yes, right? Amen. You need to be, uh, uh, you know, years ago, uh, uh, Wendy's had a commercial where this little old lady, you know, drove through the <laughs> drive through in. Anybody remember what she said? She said, where's the beef? Where's the beef? <laughs> well, you should be like that with the scripture. Right? Everything that you hear, you should be going, where's the scripture? Where's the scripture? Where is it? And not just what you think. You know, when people, there's a phrase nowadays that's popular. People talk about my truth and your truth. This is a term you should despise. Amen. Yes, so what's wrong with that? Well, that's basically you're saying, I've got my truth 
and you've got your truth. They may be very different, but you've got to be true to your truth. And I've got to be truth, true to my truth. And what you're saying is that truth for me is whatever I say it is. <laughs> and truth for you is whatever you decide it is. People say, well, I've got a right to my beliefs. Just like you do. Actually, if you're a Christian, you don't. That's right. Amen. We're told to believe this. Amen. Is that right? That's right. Not just come up with uh, our ideas and, and our own thoughts. You're right. supposed to believe the scripture. So anytime something comes up, you should ask the question, where? Come and help me out. Where's, where's the scripture? What's that based on? Elsewise, you're not on solid ground. And... Um, you can believe anything. It doesn't have to be true. <laughs> Billions on this planet are believing all kind of stuff that is absolutely untrue. That's called deception. Being deceived. You can believe stuff all your life that's untrue. And absolutely ruin your life with it. But how many believe in this Bible? It's true. First page is true, middle parts are true, the end is true, because it's not just the words of men, it is the inspired word of God. Hallelujah. And there are many different human instruments that were used in this, but you'll hear the same voice in Genesis that you hear in the Psalms, that you hear in Isaiah. You'll hear the same voice in Matthew and Acts and Ephesians, why? Because it's the same Holy Spirit, same author through different human vessels, but the same one. Hallelujah. And his word is sure. Praise God. Luke 5, did you find it? Luke 5 and verse uh, 17, it came to pass on a certain day. As Jesus was teaching, he did a lot of this teaching, that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and of Judea and Jerusalem. There was a lot of preachers there. (laughs) And the power of the Lord, everybody say the power of the Lord. The power of the Lord was present or was there. To do what? To heal them. Now, we'll keep reading this, but you'll find that we have no record of any of these Pharisees and doctors of the law receiving healing. And yet, what does the Bible say? The power of the Lord was present and there to heal them. Can it be that it's God's will for you to be healed and the power be there to heal you and you not be healed, not receive your healing? Well, it's exactly like being born again. Can it be that it be God's will for you to be born again, to be saved and the power of the Lord be there for you to be born again? And yet, can you leave lost? Yes, you can. Because what God has so freely and graciously given, what the power of God is able to do, 
must be believed and it must be received. Hallelujah. Everything that God's given us, you could sum up in the word grace. All he has given us is by his grace. Another word for grace is gift. Everything he's given us is a free, undeserved gift. But you don't deserve any gift unless you receive it. Somebody could offer you the most amazing things, the biggest amounts of money, the most amazing items, but you won't enjoy them, you won't experience them unless you receive them. Hmm? And so before you go any further, could you guess why these folks didn't experience healing that day? For whatever reasons, they failed to receive. They failed to receive. Why would anybody, if they really heard the gospel and the power of God was there for them to be saved and born again, why would anybody walk out of a church lost? Because it's God's will for them to be saved. The power's there for them to be born again. Well, for whatever reason, they didn't receive it. And God has given us a free will. You can turn around and leave and not receive. But that's not me. How about you? Oh, somebody say, I'm a believer. And I'm a receiver. <laughs> Come on, say it again. I'm a believer. And I'm a receiver. Sometimes you'll hear people say, well, I'm, I'm you know, you guys are all wound up about that Jesus stuff. <laughs> in fact, somebody told me and Mike the other day, some aviation related stuff. They said, oh, y'all are Jesus church. I started to say, you bet we are. <laughs> but I Kind of kept nice. But uh, yeah, we are Jesus Church. Is that right? Sometimes people make fun of it and they, they kind of mock it. But, um, and people say, well, I just, I can't believe all that stuff like y'all do. You said it wrong. You could believe it if you would. There's no, not, no person that's such that they can't believe it. They choose not to believe it. Believing is a choice. Faith is a choice. And just like it's a choice whether you believe in Jesus or not as your Savior, it's a choice whether you believe in him as your healer or not. Uh, There's a lot of people that saved on their way to heaven, but they don't believe in healing. They believe, well, all that's passed away or, you know, God could do it if he wanted to, but you just never know if it's his will or not. Well, where's the scripture for that? Where is it? Can you find even one person that came to Jesus to be healed that he sent away and said, I'm sorry, but it's not my will for you to be healed. God's working out some things in your life. Uh, This will develop your piety or not now. In order for something to be scriptural, there's something you need for it. Scriptures, right? Where's the scripture? Where's the scripture? (laughs) This will keep you out of trouble, friend. Where's the scripture? So let's keep reading. They were there. All the preachers, Pharisees, doctors of the law. Now these have got doctor of the law. That's the same as it is now. They've got letters at the end of their name. (laughs) They're doctors of theology. And and I'm, I'm not making fun of that. But they've spent a lifetime studying the the law and the scriptures. And here's the astounding thing. 
Everything in the Old Testament paints a picture of Jesus. Everything, every sacrifice, every prophecy, here is what they have claimed to devote their life to. Standing in front of them, teaching. And they don't recognize it. So I'm going to say, Lord, help, help me not to do that. Help us not to do that. But the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Verse 18, and behold, men brought in a bed a man which was taken with the palsy. He's, he's paralyzed. And they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in, because of all the multitude, preachers, religious people, not receiving. Come on, can you see that? The anointing is there to heal them. Nobody's receiving. No healing's going in. And people with faith outside the house can't get in. <laughs> you know, we've been seeing this in our study on Sunday. How that so many times you don't find faith where you think you would. And then you do find faith, even great faith, where you would not expect to find it. We've, we're seeing that in the scriptures. And again, because it's not just a matter of being religious. Faith is a choice. Hallelujah. He said uh, that they couldn't bring him in because of the multitude, but they went up on the housetop. You know, there's a, there's a message there. They, they, they looked in the front and they couldn't get in there. And they looked in the back and they couldn't get in there. And they looked around the left side and they couldn't get in there. And they looked around the right side and they couldn't get in there. And then they finally looked up. And when they looked up, the Lord showed them the way in. Hallelujah. They went up on the housetop. They let him down through the tiling with his couch into the midst before Jesus. Now, this disrupted the uh, teaching session. And, and you heard this noise up above. And then you see this dust start falling. And pieces of tile start falling in. And it fell in the preacher's hair, you know. <laughs> And here comes this guy, his friends are lowering him down, and he's on this, this makeshift couch, and he, he's smiling. He's getting right where he wants to be. He has come where the power is present to heal. Hallelujah. And even though none of them in there is partaking, he's come to get him some. You know, you don't have to... Uh, uh, have the most education. You don't have to have uh, the, the, the most contacts in church. You can receive when other people are not receiving. Right. If you're hungry. Amen. And you'll choose to believe. Right. And you're willing to act when other folks just sit still. Yeah. He, he goes on to say, verse 20. When he saw their faith. Can you see faith? Yes. Yes. That's right. Yes. Yes. How do you see faith? Well, faith without action is dead, James says. So did he see any action? I think he was glad to see them. I mean, nothing's happening in there. Is that right? He's doing some good teaching and preaching. The power's there to heal. Nobody's receiving. Well, if they're not receiving, what are they doing in there? We know other times they were trying to find fault with what he said or Trying to go back and bring something against him. I don't know if that was the case here. But I know healing wasn't happening. 
Not yet. And I, I'm, I know the Lord is pleased with faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. So when he, even though it's messing up the roof, even though it's disrupting the service, when he saw some faith, he's like, that's what I'm looking for right there. Come on in, boys. Yeah, you're at the right place. Come on in here. And he looked at him and he said, your sins are forgiven. Well, is that what they came for? (laughs) They came to get healed. So what's he bringing this up for? The, the, the scripture says in 1 John that if our heart doesn't condemn us, then we have confidence toward God. Anything that bothers your conscience hinders your faith. Anything that hinders your faith can prevent you from receiving. Hmm? Jesus is speaking by the Spirit of God and this man wants to receive something that you know, men cannot fix for him. He's paralyzed, but the Lord knows something's in the way of his faith. Hmm? If your conscience is bothering you about your sins, about your mistakes, you need to repent and you need to receive forgiveness. Now, some people will say, well, no, 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 my sins are already paid for. Uh, yes, they are. But have you received the forgiveness? Come on, can you see this? This is not a matter of you repenting and now you're good enough for the Lord to heal you. No, that's already been bought. That's already been paid for. But in order to get rid of the condemnation that would be hindering your faith, you got to receive the forgiveness and the cleansing and the righteousness the Lord has given you. Come on, can you see this? Because that's wise, it's in the way of your receiving. It's in the way of your faith. If our heart doesn't condemn us, First John said, then we have confidence toward God and whatever we ask, we receive of him. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. So when your heart's bothering you about something, do not ignore it. Don't procrastinate. Don't put it off. Don't run from the Lord like Jonah did. That's how you wound up in the, in the whale's belly. Run to the Lord. Is that right? He already knows. He already knows what's bothering you. So run to him and confess it. Hmm? Yeah, Jesus already paid for it. But that doesn't mean you've already received your forgiveness and cleansing. The reason I keep saying this, some people have gotten confused about some things concerning grace in this regard. And people say, well, if Jesus has already paid for all my sins, past, present, and future, then I would never need to repent. Wrong. Just because it's already been done doesn't mean you've received it. And you enjoy no gift except the ones you receive. Right? It is true that nothing else needs to be done to pay the price for your healing or your forgiveness. The Lord has already done everything. He's paid for all the sins of all mankind, past, present, and future. Sadly, Billions have not received it. And so they are not saved. If it's just all up to what the Lord has done, everybody would be saved, whether they believed or received or not. But it's not just based on that. You have to, you must believe. You must receive it to benefit from it. Come on, say it again. I'm a, I am a believer. 
I choose to believe. And I am a receiver. I receive all he's given me. So when this man shows up and the Lord looks at him, he knows what he's come for. He's come for his healing. But we've got we to deal with something else first. Right? Because the truth is, he's not, he's not ready to receive. Something's in the way of his faith. What is it? There must be some condemnation. Must be some condemnation about some sins. So he, he looks at him and says, son, your sins are forgiven. So what does this man need to do with it? He needs to receive that. Is that right? He needs to receive forgiveness. He needs to receive cleansing. He needs to receive washing. What about you? What about me? Have you ever missed it? Come on, you don't need to raise your hand or testify about it. I know you have. Have you ever missed it since you got saved, since you got born again? Have you ever violated your conscience on something? The Bible says to him that knows to do good and does it not, to him it's sin. It's sin. But what do you do? The Lord doesn't want you to go around beating yourself over the head. He doesn't want you to go around condemned and feeling bad. Jesus already paid for it. He he took that. What he does want you to do, though, is to acknowledge. Right? Acknowledge that you violated light, but immediately receive that forgiveness. Receive full cleansing. Receive full washing. I've had people say, yeah, but preacher, you, you don't know what I've done. I said, yeah, and you don't know how powerful the blood is. It's more powerful than anything that you've done. Come on, somebody lift up a hand and say, I receive the cleansing and washing of the blood of the Lamb. I receive forgiveness for every sin, every failure, every mistake. I receive the righteousness of Christ. I receive it by faith. Hallelujah. Praise God. If you really believe that, then you, you know in his eyes you're clean. Then anything that was hindering your confidence gets taken out of the way. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Now you're ready to receive something else. You're ready to receive a healing. You're ready to receive some finances. You're ready to receive some protection, some deliverance. Once you get the condemnation out of the way, you're ready to receive a lot of stuff now. Is that okay, saints? Keep keep reading here. He said, uh, man, when he saw their faith, he saw their faith in them climbing up on the roof. He saw their faith in them tearing a hole in the roof. He saw their faith in uh, them letting him down on 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 that couch. He saw their faith, that man's faith, in in letting them let him down. You know, a lot of people that are real sick, they wouldn't let somebody haul them up on top of the house. They'd be hollering, crying, and complaining the whole way. Don't don't you, you'll drop me. Don't you, don't you, don't you do that. It took faith, didn't it? First off, first of all, you, they didn't have automobiles, so how'd they get him there? I mean, you know, it could have been on the back of a makeshift drag thing behind a donkey or a 
ox or who knows. He can't walk. And when they finally got him there, you know, he's probably pretty good dusted by now. They got him there. They hauled him in the front. They hauled him to the back. They hauled him to the side. They hauled him all around. Maybe it's hot out there. Then they look up and says, John, listen, got to tell you something, man. <laughs> Looks like the only way in this place is up there. He looked up and said, do what you got to do, man. Do what you got to do. You saw his faith. You saw their faith in their persistence. How many people would have got there and said, well, I'm sorry, buddy. You know, we tried. We, we got there, but you know, parking lot's full, house is full. You know, maybe another time. See, that's lack of faith. Right? They came to get something. And they're not leaving without it. They, they came to get it. They believe it's there. They believe it's in the house. They believe it's with Jesus. They believe he wants them to have it. They, you know, what if they weren't sure if it was God's will? That would have been the perfect thing to say, well, I'm sorry, John, but it must not be God's will for you today. You know, because if it was, it would have worked out. And they'd have probably reserved you a place or something. But no, it must not be God's will. Must not be God's will. Have you ever heard this kind of stuff? Must not be. Where's the scriptures for that? No, they persisted. Got up, broke out the hole, got him down. And the Lord looks at him and says, son, how many think he's listening to every word? He's, he's looking at him. Your sins are forgiven you. And that's probably not what he thought he came for. But when he heard it, that's the best news he's ever heard in his life. My sins are forgiven. Not going to be. Not if I'll straighten up and fly right and act better. My sins are Forgiven. That means I am forgiven. I'm completely forgiven. If you're forgiven and clean, it's like you never sinned. In the eyes of God. He said your sins and iniquities, I will remember no more. So if God's not remembering them, why do you want to bring them up? Right? Why do you want to remind yourself or tell somebody else? If he's not talking about them, hush. Live it alone. If God's happy with you, what else else matters? Who else matters? And it's all because of what Jesus has done. The power of his life and his blood and his sacrifice. Hmm? Say it again. I receive by the blood of the Lamb complete cleansing of my spirit, of my soul, of my mind. Of my being. I receive. Total forgiveness. I receive. Complete cleansing. And washing. I am clean. By the blood of the Lamb. Are you? Are you or not? You're either clean or you're not. If it takes something else in addition to the blood to make you clean, what would that be? Are you saying the blood's not enough? The blood is enough. And it's more than enough. And His grace is sufficient. And more than enough. That means, if you meant what you said, if you really believe it, if you receive it, you are clean. Right here. Right now. Where you sit. By the blood of the Lamb. That means you're ready to receive something else. 
Oh, was he ready to receive something else? Come on, look. He said, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees begin to reason, saying, who is this that speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? And we begin to see why none of them are receiving healing. Because they're there not to receive, but to judge. They're there to judge. They're there to find fault. Who is this that speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? See, they've been studying the scriptures all their life, some of them. Don't know they're looking at the Word made flesh. Verse 22. When Jesus perceived their thoughts... I reckon they didn't even say that out loud. He answering said to them, Why, what reason ye in your hearts? Whether it's easier. Which one's easier? I'm glad he didn't say which one's harder. Which one's easier to say, Your sins be forgiven? Or to say, Rise up and walk? This applies to us today. Which is easier, to get your sin forgiven or to get healed from paralysis? <laughs> Why did it get quiet? Because most people think it's no problem to get your sin forgiven. But paralysis, you know, we know God can do anything if he wanted to, but you just never know what God's going to do. Where's your scripture for that? That's human reasoning. That's human thinking. According to Jesus, the latter is just as easy as the former. And he demonstrated it to them. Didn't he? Said out loud, it's just as easy for me to receive a healing as it is for me to receive forgiveness. Just as easy. According to Jesus, now, you can believe something else if you want to, but according to Jesus, he said, which one's easier? For me to say to this man, your sins be forgiven you, which he just did, or to say this, rise up and walk. <laughs> of course, they had no answer. Verse 24, but that you may know that the Son of Man, he didn't say Son of God. Son of Man, because he's operating as a man, anointed by the Spirit, has power or authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the sick of the palsy, I say to you, get up, arise, take up your couch, go to your house. That's why they came. I said, that's why they came. Back up to verse 24. At this point, he's not experiencing healing. He's still laying there, paralyzed. But the power is there for him to be completely healed and delivered. If what? If he believes it, he receives it, he acts on it. He acts on this. Because what did Jesus just get through telling him? Get up. Get up. Yeah, but he can't. 
Is anybody listening? Why do why these four have to bring him? He can't get up by himself. What Jesus just get through telling him? Arise. Get up. We'd say, get up. Yeah, but he can't. <laughs> yeah, but Jesus told him to. This is how faith works. All things are possible to him that believes. All things are possible with God. Hallelujah. You know, there are all kinds of things that are impossible with men. He didn't tell the man, heal yourself. He can't. But he can act on what the Lord has told him. On another occasion, the scripture said, stretch forth your hand. That Jesus told a man who had a withered hand. He said, stretch forth your hand. And it was in a similar situation. It was in the midst of a crowd of hostile folks. And uh, for years I read that and I thought that the Lord said, extend your arm. He didn't say extend your arm. What did he say? You can look it up sometimes. Stretch forth your hand. Yeah, but it, it's his hand that's withered. <laughs> Again, he can't do that. The Lord is telling him to do something he can't do physically. So now, if you hear that, you're going to either start being upset and crying and saying, I can't. That's why these guys brought me. That's why I came here, for you to heal me so I can. Which means you're not going to believe anything till you see it, till you feel it. There's no faith involved. But the Lord's commands are enablings. They are empowerment. Hallelujah. You couldn't do it until he told you to do it. Oh, come on, are y'all with me? And when he tells you to do it, there's power in those words he just spoke to you that can enable you to do what you formerly could not do. When Jesus came walking on the water in the storm in the night and they saw him and, and Peter said, if that's you, tell me to come. At that moment, Peter can't walk on the water any more than you. But Jesus said, come, come. Now, Peter can walk on the water because there's power in that command. Come on, can you see that? And he stepped out on the water and walked on the water. Actually, he's walking on the power of come. Can you see that, that word come? He's walking on the power of of that spoken word. And when did he believe he could do it? Faith comes by hearing. When he heard what Jesus said, how many believe something went through him? And he thought, okay, all right, here we go. <laughs> he said, he said, come. Y'all all heard it, right? Yeah, we heard. He said, come. And he came and walked on the water for a little while. Praise God. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. He said, rise. Take up your couch. Go to your house. 
Is the power there for this man to be healed right now? It is. The word's been spoken. The power's been released. But if you just stop right here, he's not healed. It's not manifested. Until what? Immediately. Oh, verse verse 25. Anybody reading this? Immediately what? He got up. He did what? Yeah, but he's paralyzed. He can't do that. Yeah, but he did. (laughs) Yeah, but he can't. Yeah, but he did. Yeah, but he can't. Yeah, but he did. All things are possible with our God. All things are possible to him that believes. He got up and he took what he had been laying on and took it up on him. Interesting thing here. There's actually a whole other message here. He came in on the mat. The mat went out on him. The Lord turned his captivity. Come on, can you see that? He turned the whole thing around. <laughs> you may come in on the mat, but the mat can go out on you. Hallelujah. You, you carrying it. You toting it. Woo! He took up what he was laying on, and he got out of there glorifying God. How many think you could have heard him shouting down the road? Far away. Woo, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. And they, the people that were in the house, where the power was there, present to heal them before these guys ever showed up. And I guess it's still there, but still nobody's receiving. Some of them glorified God. A bunch of them were filled with fear. They said, we've seen strange things today. This is strange. Strange. Ain't strange. It's wonderful. It's good. You need to get you some too. Right? (laughs) Go with me to the book of Psalms. And let's get ready to, to get us some. Take us some. Is the Lord still alive today? Is he still around today? Is there still healing in his presence today? Go to Psalm, please, the, uh, the ninth chapter, ninth Psalm. Oh, thank you, Father. Psalm 9 and 1. Something the Lord quickened to me this afternoon about his presence and that he, I perceive by his spirit, he wants to happen. In our midst tonight. Hallelujah. I perceive he wants his presence to manifest and do the things that I'm about to talk about in this, that he talked about all these centuries ago in these living words tonight here in Sarasota and everybody watching online and even among those that will watch it later because with God there's no limit on time and You know, his power doesn't fade by tomorrow afternoon. (laughs) His word doesn't change next month. In Psalm 9, are you there? Verse 1. He said, I will praise you, O Lord, with my whole heart. You know, uh, your mom and daddy can't do your praising for you. Your spouse can't do your praising for you. Your best friend, your, your roommate, your co-worker, 
Nobody can do your praising for you. And, and only you and the Lord know if your heart's really in it. I'll praise you, O Lord. Come on, go ahead and say this out loud. I will praise you, O Lord. With my whole heart. He said, I will show forth all your marvelous works. Verse 2, I'll be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing praise to your name, O thou most high. When my enemies are turned back, they shall fall and perish at your presence. Somebody say glory to God. They shall fall and they will perish at your presence. Think about it. In that room that day, Jesus teaching and preaching the word, the power of the Lord was there, present. The presence of the Lord was there. The power of the Lord was there to heal. When that man came in from the outside, something had been causing terrible problems with his body. He's paralyzed. It took his four friends to literally physically carry him to get him there. And that thing that's doing that to his body is not from God. It's not a friend. It's not a blessing in disguise. It's an enemy. Oh, somebody say enemy. Enemy. Did you know death is an enemy? We were not originally designed to die. God designed us to live forever. And Jesus got it back for us. And our bodies are going to be changed one day. Hallelujah. This mortal is going to become immortal. But death is an enemy. Well, everything that works death is incipient death. It's an early measure or a lesser measure of death. Sickness is incipient death. The beginnings of death. Poverty. You get enough poverty in your life, you starve to death for lack of one decent meal to eat. It's death. Come on, can you see that? These are enemies. Don't let anybody tell you that poverty is a blessing from God or a blessing in disguise. Don't let anybody tell you That sickness and disease is God teaching you something. It's some kind of blessing from him. Because if it is from him, why would you even go to the doctor? To try to get rid of it. If you really believe it's from him. See, people don't even even believe what they say they believe about this. We either should be fighting it or we should be embracing it. But no, do not embrace it. Fight it with everything you got. Fight it in the natural. It's okay to go to the doctor. Fight it with natural things. But too many times they'll look at you and say there's nothing we can do. Then what do you do? Hmm? No, we have a great physician. I know I'm shouting a little bit, but I get excited about these things. We have a great. Oh, somebody say great physician. Thank God for natural physicians. But we, we have another physician. Is that right? We got... The great physician. And with him nothing is too hard. Nothing's impossible. There's no such thing as an incurable thing with him. huh? As a terminal thing that can't be healed or can't be cured. No such thing as that with him. In fact, 
Jesus has already taken all of our weaknesses and carried our pains and our sicknesses on himself so we could be healed and whole. But notice that when that man got in there close to Jesus and he got, he got his condemnation, got rid of that, and Jesus told him, get up, get up, take your bed and, and go on out of here. The power was there. How many believe the presence of the Lord was right there? You, you know, you know. Something caused this to happen. That's whatever was in his body causing this paralysis is an enemy. And that enemy melted in the presence of the Lord. Something had to radically change for this man that had to be carried by four people to get up on his own power and pick up his cot. Is that right? And breeze out of there like nothing's wrong with him. Something happened. Something happened. What happened? Read it. Verse 3. When my enemies are turned back, they shall fall and perish at your presence. Everybody say perish, perish. Say it out loud. My enemies perish at his presence. Everything that's an enemy against you against your body, against your mind, against your finances, your marriage, your family, your life, cannot stand before the manifested presence of God. It's too great. It's too powerful. Can you say thank you, Lord? Psalm 68. Go on over there, please. Get ready to shout. Psalm 68. 68. It'd do you good to mark these places so you can get back to them. Look at them. Meditate on them. Because the thing is, is this just something I'm saying tonight? Something I'm waving my hands and shouting about? Or could it be the Lord saying this to you? Psalm 68, are you there? Verse 1. Let God arise. What did Jesus tell that man? What did he tell him? What did he tell him? Get this now. The only way this man can arise... It's when God arises. He can't get up unless God manifests, enabling him to get up. God arising, manifesting, allows me to get up. Let God arise. Let his enemies be scattered. When the power of God manifests, no matter what the enemy's been doing, it's like turning the light on in a roach-infested apartment. When the power of God comes on, shoom, they scurry. They run. Why? Because nothing can stand before the presence of the Almighty. The prophet said, I saw him sitting on the throne, and he was a fire from his loins down and from his loins up. He's fire, fire, fire. You're foolish people talking about it. Is God white? Is God black? Is God Native American? Is God, you know, is he Oriental? No. No. God, what color? What color is God? He's fire colored. He's fire. He's fire colored. And you know, in fire, you got all the colors. Don't you? 
You do. You got all the colors. God is fire colored. Fire. Oh, somebody say fire. 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 What does fire do? What does fire do? It burns stuff up. Well, there's a lot of stuff needs to be burned up. Paralysis needs to be burned up. Oh, come on, y'all help me out with this. Cancer needs to be burned up. AIDS needs to be burned up. Heart disease needs to be burned up. You believe it or not? Alzheimer's needs to be burned up. Needs to be burned. Do you believe the power of God can burn up Alzheimer's? Why not? Why can't it? Why couldn't it? Why couldn't it flash over your brain? <laughs> and when it flashes over, your brain's clean of all that junk. And you think, man, I, I can see clearly now. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Let God arise. Let his enemies be scattered. Let them that hate him flee before him. Well, that's not us. The presence of God's not going to hurt us. We're not God's enemy. We don't hate him. Verse 2, as smoke is driven away, so drive them, them away. As wax melts before the fire, so let the wicked perish at the presence of God. Did you know disease is called evil? In the Psalms, it's called evil. Disease is called evil in the Bible. Did you know the Bible said in Acts that everybody that was healed under Jesus' ministry was said to have been oppressed by the devil? The presence of God does away with things like this when it is received. Somebody say, I'm a believer. I'm a receiver. Keep reading. It said... uh, as wax melts before the fire, so let the wicked perish at the presence of God, but let the righteous, we just got through receiving his righteousness again, reaffirming it a while ago, let them be glad, let them rejoice before God, let them, be ex- let them exceedingly rejoice. Oh, somebody say glory to God, glory to God. Sing to God, sing praises to his name, extol him that rides upon the heavens by his name, Yah, and rejoice before him. He's a father to the fatherless. He's a judge of the widows, is God in his holy habitation. He sets the solitary in families. He brings out those which are bound with chains, but the rebellious dwell in a dry land. Oh God, when you went before your people, when you did march through the wilderness, the earth shook. The heavens dropped at the presence of God. Sinai itself was moved at the presence of God, the God of Israel. Oh, somebody say the presence, the presence, the presence, the presence of God. The presence of God drove that paralysis right out of that man's body. The presence of God drives away evil spirits and evil tormenting influences. From people's minds and their emotions. and the, the presence of God. Can restore your joy. Quicken you inside and out. But you must receive it. You must by faith receive it. Anybody remember what Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty four About receiving. 
What things soever you desire. When you pray, do what? Believe that you receive them and you shall have them. That word's translated many other places, take. Believe you take it and you'll have it. You'll experience it. That same word, same word that's translated receive there in Mark 11, 24. In Matthew 8, 17 is, is where it says Jesus took our infirmities. He took them. He, he didn't literally become sick because of exposure or certainly not because of any mistakes that he made. How did all the sicknesses and diseases of mankind wind up on him? He took them. How did he take them? By faith. He received them by faith. He didn't deserve them, but he took them. Did he take them so you and I could suffer from them anyway? If, if we do, what purpose was it of him to take them? He took our diseases by faith. We can take his healing by faith. Oh, come on, are you with me? And when you do, when you really do it, the presence of the Lord manifests. And when his presence manifests, the enemy scatters. When his presence manifests... The works of the enemy melt like wax at the presence of the Lord. While I was praying about this today, I've, I've seen this before in testimonies, other, other times that we've ministered to people along this line. The power of God can literally burn disease out of you. I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen more than once that the presence of God, I remember some years ago, Brother Kenneth Hagin's ministry at the healing school there. I was teaching in the morning, small class. And they brought in a young man who was uh, just frail and skeleton, you know, skin and bones. And he was breathing so, it was so hard for him to breathe that it distracted. You could hear it all over the room of him wheezing. And you'd think, is he going to get that next breath? I found out later that he had been given up to die, terminal cancer of both lungs in the last stages. And he and his young wife, they told him, we can give you something for pain, but that's it. That, that's all that the man can do now. And they heard about Brother Hagin's ministry. And, and they got him out of bed and physically hauled him <laughs> and brought him there. He couldn't even raise his head. He was hung over the chair in front of him. Looking down, couldn't even raise his head, wheezing. You would think from the natural, he may not live through the service. You, would, you might think that. Well, we begin to talk about how God's word is medicine. And how there's power in his word. The Bible said he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. So we kept talking about that, kept talking about that. And about halfway through the service, I realized I'm not hearing him breathe anymore. I tried, I tried to, you know, not, not pay attention to it and just focus on what I'm supposed to do. But after a while, I realized I'm not, I'm not hearing it. And I glanced back at him, and he's sitting up looking at me. I'm thinking, all right, all right, all right. So I, I, I kept preaching. We kept going. And uh, at the end of the service, 
Him and his wife is standing up. He's standing up on his own power. Now, he still looks weak and frail, of course, but his wife is standing beside him. Tears are just rolling down her cheeks. He's looking at her. They're talking. And so I made a beeline back to him. I said, what has happened? What did God do for you? And, and, and she, she looked at me. She said, he's healed. He's healed. And he said, he said, I can feel it going all over me. I can feel it going on. <laughs> and you could tell they weren't church people. This is not somebody spending, they didn't know a bunch of scriptures. And in fact, uh, before they got out of there, I led them in what we call the sinner's prayer to make sure because they were so green in all these things. But he's, he's saying, ah, I feel it. It's a going all over me. It's a going all over me. And looked at her. She, he said, I'm hungry. She just burst out crying. She said, he hadn't had a bite of solid food in, what was it, six months or something. I mean, they've been feeding him with IVs and just, just barely keeping him alive. We found out later, they went across the road to the Mexican restaurant and loaded up. He was healed. He was restored. Now, I know some people try to scoff and muck. Well, I don't know, you know, about that. I was there. Okay, I saw. I know what I saw. What happened, though? The same thing that happened in in this book we read about. With that man that was paralyzed. Something happened. The presence of the Lord burned up that stuff that was in his lungs. Burned up that stuff that was spread all over his body. Oh, somebody say the presence of the Lord. The presence of the Lord. Is God a respecter of persons? No. That means what he did for one, he'll do for, uh, for another. Has he ever changed? Does he ever change? No. That means what he did then, he will do now. Do you believe the same kind of thing can happen for you? That the presence of the Lord can change your insides. It can quicken you. It can quicken your immune system. It can quicken your lungs. It can clear if there's some kind of foreign bodies, bacteria, viruses, infection, growths that ought not be there. In praying about this today, I know in my spirit it's God's will that tonight his presence manifests. Hallelujah. And that junk melt like wax in front of his presence in your life. Do you believe it, child of God? Stand on your feet, everybody. Oh, praise God. We're going we're gonna to sing and praise the Lord. And we're going to receive His presence. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just lift up your hands. Begin to thank Him. Begin to praise Him. Begin to give Him glory. Lord, we worship You. Lord, we worship You. We worship You. We worship You. We worship You. In your presence, in your presence, the enemies are scattered. In your presence, the work of the enemy melts like wax. In your presence is everything we need. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Fullness of joy. Fullness of joy. Fullness of joy. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sing this song. I want you to stay hooked. And I want you to sing this with me and sing this with us as you, uh, as you learn it, as you pick it up. It's easy. And the important thing is that you receive 
His, his presence is here right now. But it's only going to manifest stronger these next few moments, minutes. And as it does, he ministers it to you, but he doesn't receive it for you. You got to, just like you got to receive forgiveness, you got to receive his presence. And that word receive, many other places translated take. You take it. How do you take something you can't see in the natural by faith? Exactly like you take your forgiveness. You take his presence into you. Thank you, Lord. Go ahead and play the track. Oh, thank you, Father. Oh, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. In the presence of the Lord, there's comfort. In the presence of the Lord, there is peace. In the presence of the Lord, there is refreshing. All you'll ever need, all you'll ever need. In the presence of the Lord, there is healing. In the presence of the Lord, there is strength. In the presence of the Lord, there's restoration. All you'll ever need, all you'll ever need. Oh, the presence of the Lord. of the Presence of the Lord. Oh, the mighty presence 
mighty presence. Oh, in His mighty presence. Oh, hallelujah. Just lift your hands. Receive that presence. midsection, on your stomach or your area, middle of your body. Anything in your body that ought not be there is not the planting of the Lord. And Jesus said, if it's not the planting of the Lord, it'll be destroyed. If it's your enemy, enemy of your body, it's his enemy. Because your body now belongs to Him. Say it out loud. I receive the presence of God. The fire of God. To burn up 
everything, anything in my body that should not be there, I receive the presence of the Lord. I take it by faith. Oh, hallelujah. Lift your hands. Praise the Lord. Give thanks to God. Oh, Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord. 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 Every disease be burned up in the name of Jesus. Every infection or virus be burned up in the name of Jesus. Every cancer, every growth, every AIDS virus, everything that ought not be there, be burned up. Be consumed by the fire of God. Be removed, be driven away and consumed out of the body in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible said, come into his presence with singing. This is how you get into the presence of the Lord. Come into his presence with singing and into his courts with thanksgiving and joy and praise. Oh, lift up your voice. Thank you, Lord. 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 Put your hand, put a hand on your head. And put a hand on your on your chest. Said out loud, I receive the presence of the Lord into my mind into my soul my emotions my feelings depression be driven away obsessive compulsive disorders be burned up be scattered away addictions driving things that are not of God tormenting things that are not of God be consumed be burned up by the presence of the Lord oh hallelujah oh he gives the peace that passes understanding he gives the joy that is our strength Somebody say, I receive. It's okay to just keep receiving. Nobody ever received too much healing or too much forgiveness. Just keep receiving. I receive. I believe I take it right now. I take it by faith. I take it into my body, into my mind, into my inner man, into my life. Whoa, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
It makes me free and clear. It makes me free and clear. In Jesus' name. as your healer just like you receive him as your savior he doesn't receive this for you somebody say Jesus is my healer hallelujah Jesus is my healer oh thank you Lord Jesus is my healer Jesus is my healer Jesus is my healer Lord, you are my healer. You are the Lord who heals me. With long life, you'll satisfy me. Show me your salvation. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Confusion 
addiction oh it drives away bondage to the past it drives away hurts and damage it drives away it drives away fears about tomorrow it drives away all sadness and sorrow it drives away all the works of the enemy makes me totally free it makes me has the heat of God is working in your uh, I guess it'd be your intestines in the lower left part the, the heat the fire of God is burning up that infection and the stuff that should not be there somebody say thank you Lord the fire of God is working in the joints in, in the bones you don't have to have arthritis you, you don't have to be hindered the fire of God working in hip joints and in knees and in shoulders and backs and necks and ankles and feet and toes and wrists and hands and fingers somebody out say I receive it I receive it I take it into myself. Oh, there it is. There it is. There it is. Totally free. Totally free. Totally free. Totally free. Totally free. The anointing is working in lungs and in the respiratory system. It's cleansing lungs from disease and from damage from previous things. Somebody say, I receive it. 
and you need to take a deep breath by faith and as you breathe in believe you receive the fire of God the anointing of God to cleanse that lung tissue and to heal your throat your tongue your esophagus your diaphragm oh hallelujah believe you receive keep taking deep breaths if that's you and keep believing you receive you can't receive too much of the healing power of God oh hallelujah oh thank you father thank you father thank you father yes Lord yes Lord put your hand on your head again and Maybe both hands, one on each side. We talked about this a moment ago, but I perceive the Lord wants to do some things right now in the brain to burn away any causes of memory loss, uh, brain problems, thinking problems, the fire of God. That, That covers things that you don't even know about yet things that would have happened in your future if this hadn't happened tonight. Somebody say, I receive the anointing of God, the fire of God into my head, into my skull, into my brain, and into the glands and the blood vessels and the nerves and every part I receive, I take the anointing into my head, into my brain, in Jesus' name. Oh, thank you, Lord. 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 Now just praise Him. And it's working while you praise Him. Oh, the anointing. The anointing, the anointing, the anointing, the anointing, oh, the anointing is working in me, in my brain, the anointing is working in me, keeping me sound and sane, the anointing is working in me to make me totally free. Oh, yeah. The anointing is working in me, keeping me in perfect peace. The anointing is working in me, keeping my mind at ease. The anointing is working in me to make me totally free. It drives away
Somebody say that. They're melting like wax at the presence of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. in. How many know His presence is here? It's no different than we read about when it said the presence of the Lord was there to heal them. He's alive right now today. His presence is here right now. Same same thing. It's a matter of how much we receive. Close your eyes. Focus on Him. Say it out loud, I belong to the Lord. I'm bought with a price. I will glorify Him in my body and in my spirit, which are His. I won't die young. I won't die wrong. With long life, He will satisfy me and show me how He can save. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that's not because there's not enough stuff in the air you breathe, the water you drink, the food you eat to kill you a thousand times over every day. It's because the anointing, the one who's inside you, the greater one, will continue to do this day in, day out. And anything that would try to take you out or prevent you the power of God will burn that up and change that and scatter that out. Hallelujah. And I will run my race and I'll finish my course with joy. I'm not going out with a whimper. I'm going out with a shout. Altar workers, would you come down to the front? 
These folks are ready to shout with you, celebrate with you, or pray with you if you got a question about anything else. I want us to sing, Victory is Mine. According to the word, I have what I've heard. Victory today is mine. Hallelujah. What key we need? That's probably a good key. Oh, victory is mine. Victory is mine. Victory today is mine. According to the word, I have what I heard. Victory today is mine. Let's say healing is mine. service is over and you leave here laying across the bed tonight it crosses your mind you can start singing that little chorus if you want to the anointing is working in me wake up in the morning wouldn't hurt you at all when you get up you begin to say the anointing is working in me it makes me totally free hallelujah I heard that phrase by the spirit free and clear Glory to God. Send us your testimony on that. I know there's a bunch of free and clear. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Because of the power of God, the fire of God, just burning stuff up and scattering it out of your body, out of your mind, out of your life. Isn't it good to be healed and delivered and free? Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. Well, you don't wait until you see and feel everything. You declare it now and say, victory is mine. Healing is mine. Hallelujah. Sing it as you go. Rejoice as you go. Be glad as you go. Sing it out loud. Oh, healing is mine. Healing is mine. Healing is mine. 